11-year-old secret professional hockey player Kyle Beach carried is no longer holding him hostage. On Wednesday, Beach revealed in an interview on TSN Sports that he was the player identified as John Doe who filed a lawsuit against the Chicago Blackhawks in May of 2021. First and foremost, Real Kipper and Bourne want to acknowledge the courage that Kyle showed in that interview. Mm-hmm. It was gut-wrenching, to say the least. And it just seems now, uh, Justin, that uh, it still may just be the beginning for the National Hockey League. Last night, we had the NHLPA put out a press release around midnight Eastern acknowledging their involvement, and and we'll get into that a little later. We know Joel Quenville is, we believe, in New York, meeting maybe as we speak Mm -hmm. with Commissioner Gary Bettman. All right, Justin, let's start with you, man. What do you make of the last 24 hours? Well, that, you know, it shouldn't have changed anything. Um, Hearing Kyle speak, hearing him recount some of the events that he uh, went through and has lived with for all this time, but it it did emotionally, right? Like you, you get a much better sense for the person attached to it, the grief it's caused, the the failing um, that has surrounded him, and where it's left him. It, it was powerful, and it was a brave thing to do, not to just come forward with this in the first place, but to you know put a face to it, and to see him, you know, fighting back tears and and even apologizing to the future victim or you know the the next person that aldrich was involved with was just just sickening given the lack of apologies this guy got the lack of people who believed in him and uh, it really it really tied an emotional aspect to this that obviously was always there and should have been there but seeing it from a person a real person changes things producer sammy mckee yes sir i I just echo the the sentiments of of Borny there. I can't imagine the guts it takes cool. to get out there and talk about that stuff. I mean, obviously he was carrying it for so long. So many people hadn't believed him. Like to you know the f- mixed feelings of you know being exposed, saying all this stuff. The feeling of relief, being able to say this. The feeling of fear of what's going to happen to you when you say it. Like I, I tweeted it. I just you know. It's an incomprehensible amount of courage to be able to get up on national television and talk about all that stuff the way he did. So my full, full kudos to Kyle Beach. An unbelievable job, man. I, I hope you can find some peace in this. Last night on Wednesday Night Hockey, we had Carolyn Cameron with Sheldon Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And I, I just couldn't help but wonder if if we hear from Kyle yesterday without people like Sheldon. Right. And... How easier was it? It's not, it, we know it wasn't easy, but it is easier. It's possible. And it is possible. And life can go on. And y- you're not going to be looked at differently now. Yeah, There's no doubt that because hockey of people culture like Sheldon. has changed or is changing for the better. It's dragging, kicking, and screaming into this uh, century. But it, it is becoming more understanding, open, and welcoming. And... Uh, it's guys like obviously Sheldon Kennedy and obviously Kyle Beach now um, that 
that make it possible for for people to speak out in the future. What is scary is the lack of support he got probably doesn't make the next person feel like, oh, this is going to be easy. You know, it's but it starts here, and hopefully the the next time someone comes forward with something. Um, you know, the people who receive that information learn that there is some responsibility here to act and there will be repercussions if you don't. So, you know, hopefully that's the positive we can take away here. Did you read the report? It is detail. It is graphic. It is, uh, I had to stop on a couple occasions because it, it was, it was that disturbing. Yeah. It was, uh. It was bad. It was just, it, it's awful. And, and you know, the other thing, JB, I, I still have an issue with, and and there's some people saying good on the Chicago Blackhawks uh, for this report. I'm not quite there yet. No. No, I, I'm not. Um, because there's, there's, there's parts of the report that I'm still not, comfortable or sure of and this is what it always comes back to me is that here we are one of the biggest scandals in nhl history and so far we've had one formal report and no one fired by the way a couple of resignations no 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 no. yeah <laughs> yeah and, and you, you're right yeah but this is the point the real point that that the only thorough investigation is coming from the same people that are being investigated. And that in itself is completely flawed. Sure. It is a huge conflict of interest. Before you even read anything, you are getting a report from an organization that is being investigated. Yeah, you know, we, we've heard unbiased and that they, you know, hired this third-party investigation, right, that they aren't involved and by all accounts they stayed out of it. Was there something in the way their report uh, was done or that they didn't do that you feel like could have been done to give you more of the answers you're looking for? Well, there's certain parts of it that I go, it's, it's not the stuff that I'm, I'm reading, it's the stuff that I'm still not reading and I go into that report and you look at uh, that, that, that now famous get-together uh, with Joel Quenville and the, and the four of them, including Kevin Dayoff. And that, of course, is an ongoing topic. But there isn't a lot of detail in who said what in that meeting. Mm-hmm. And there's limited recollection and that's where the loopholes holes are going to be found right right you're going to say we didn't know we weren't told the full scope exactly and and the accounts vary significantly in the report in the report i've read a ton of articles on it i haven't gone through it like you and they're just it's just a little bit too okay do we really know in that report what was said, who said it. And now people's careers are on the line. Joel Quenville's career 
and his legacy is on the line. And we're not talking a guy in his first couple of years as a head coach. We're talking about a future Hall of Famer who's got everything on the line right now. And you know he's in Gary Bettman's office right now, and he's saying, I didn't know. I didn't know that type of details. 100% what he's saying. I, I just, it wasn't Which, brought to me. by the way, me. is that okay? If he, if, if he wasn't told all the details, he was just told there was an incident between these two guys, is it okay to not know more than that? Or should he have delved in deeper once he has that information? Just think now. And, and you've you got to play these scenarios because we don't get them out of the, the report. We don't. Yeah. So and you, you have to play the scenario that there was a meeting. And perhaps maybe to Joel Quenville, there was mention of an incident. To what degree? I don't know. Doesn't say in the report. So Does it matter to you well, how much he knew there? Yes, yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100% it matters to me. Because if he went in there and said, listen, I've got a team I'm coaching here. Can you guys deal with this without even, maybe they didn't even completely come clean on, on what you're dealing with. Right. And he said, you guys deal with it. I'm focused on, and, and that was the insinuation in the meeting that he made a comment to say, I don't need this right now. Mm-hmm. But what's the most important thing is what did he understand that he didn't need right now? Right. That's well said. That, that's, a, that, that's a smoking gun or no smoking gun. And I don't think we'll right ever there. have that answer. There's no recording, so, so it's going to be him saying, I didn't hear anything, and them saying, well, we told you this. You know, Beach yesterday said, said there's no way Quenville couldn't have known. Okay. But, like, is, is there – who else is saying that? Because now you're in a he said, she said kind of thing, which mm-hmm. is always happening – everywhere in this world, but at some point you do need without a shadow of a doubt evidence sometimes. And is, is Kyle's words enough to say, uh, Joel, you're lying. Is it? I don't know. I, I honestly don't know that answer, but that's what Gary's going to have to decide today. Yeah. Because I, I think the, the case that Gary can make, though, Nick, you know, is that he, he can say, okay, so you weren't told, but you heard something was wrong, and yes. you're responsible for this group, and you didn't look into it further. You you just let a problem go unfettered, and it was a big problem. So you were liable, you know, via, you know, what we call it, omission or lack of, this was your responsibility to so, have known about. Yes, because you 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 turned. You're the, the leader you, here. You turned the other cheek. Right. Right. And you, and you, you you're guilty of not wanting to know. Yes. I I don't know, JB, if that's enough. It's it is stupid on Joel's part. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then that might be tough to to lose your legacy on. It might yeah. be and yeah. I, I don't know yeah, yeah. I don't know where Joel is. Do, uh does Joel say does he plead ignorance? Because I, I think that's the only case he has, and I still don't think it's a good case. I, I think he's in big trouble here. Like, I, yeah. you know, even if it is the case that he doesn't know. Make no it, mistake about it. I am not 
here to defend. I'm not defending Joel. I said yesterday, I think it's ridiculous he's behind the bench. Right. And he should have been pulled off. And I expect today that Joel would be s- suspended indefinitely until there's more answers. Mm-hmm. And I just don't so know. So for you, the report well, didn't have those answers you want. The, the biggest the biggest thing in the smoking gun situation is the referral letter after knowing, right? That's the Correct. But again. None of that matters until that letter, basically. Okay, Sammy, though, like, again, what did you know when you put your name to it? I mean, he's the coach that I, gets, I find it very hard. Like, I listen, I'm not making any claims about a guy being guilty or not being guilty. I'm not going to, you know, before the, the decision is made. I just find it incredibly hard to believe that he didn't know. Yes, I know. And, and there's certain things that you find incredibly hard to believe in life. But at some point when you, when you want to stick somebody in jail for the next 20 years or, or shut down their career, you need more than just what you find hard to believe. That's my only point. I know. If I'm hearing you correctly, it sounds like you see a way that Quenville can get out of this. Not, not that you di- don't believe anything. You're just saying you see a way that they can't be like, all right, well, you're fired. You're out there, of the NHL indefinitely. I would believe, and I wouldn't think it's out of this world to believe that he just turned the other cheek. He just said, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to know it. He's a black ace. He's not on my roster. That's a separate incident. You deal with it. I'm yeah. going back to work. I don't think fans would stand for that if they let that go. You still got to get, you know, there's still got to be repercussions for not knowing. Maybe, yeah. And I'm not doubting that. It it could be just enough to say, Joel, you know what? You still didn't do the right thing, and it's going to cost you your career. Mm -hmm. And in 2021, that's fine. But make sure that that's the rule for everybody moving forward here. Yeah. So so the referral, the referral, right? If... If he, again, is going in there and, and really saying to everybody, I didn't know, is there, is there a thought that maybe there was a letter drawn up for this Brad to move on and this was part of squashing it and all we need is your signature signed on this referral. Doesn't matter. That would be equally I'm, bad. I'm just saying. Uh, I know. Then Joel <laughs> says, "Yeah, you tell me it's going to go away, and you fixed it, and like you said, you were going to fix it. Sign it." I'm just, I that's that's right. the defense that I see for Joel Quenville today. And I still think that buries him. I still don't think that's good enough. And and JB, you are probably right. Yeah. But all I know is. If we're going to just base it off of the Chicago Blackhawks paid right. investigation. I see how you're tying this in. So okay. I, what you, I, you need more interviews uh, of the people who are in that room maybe at that point. I would think at the very least I would like uh, a, a, a National Hockey League to do. And maybe it's too close to Chicago. I don't know. But maybe one more report. One more investigation. If I'm Joel Quenville and I'm going down, like, come on. Yeah. That, I'm, not, I'm not going down on the Chicago Blackhawks report where they get to say the five people that were in charge are no longer there. And um, 
you know, we look pretty good right now because we didn't know. You know who didn't look good yesterday was the team captain discussing it. Do you, is it fair to turn the page on that and, and head yes, there? Yes, absolutely. And and speaking of who knew what, right. uh, we we got a sample of uh, of that from the current roster. Let's have a listen. To me, the Stan and Al, uh, you know, make any argument you want. They're not directly complicit in in the activities that happen. And um, you know. It's not up to me to comment on, on whether they would have liked to de- deal with it differently or, or not. Um, I just know them as people, and I've had a relationship and a friendship with them uh, for a long time, just being part of the Blackhawks family. And, you know, people like Al and, and Stan have, have made uh, coming to the Blackhawks for players around the league who come here to play on this team uh, one of the special places uh, to, to play hockey. And, and um, you know, they're – to me, I have a ton of respect for them as people. And again, how this situation went down, what the timeline was, what they knew, I can't really comment on that. Um, it's it's obviously a tough day, regardless of the mistakes that may have been made for, for someone like Stan, who's done so much for the Blackhawks and, and, and Al as well, to lose everything they care about and their livelihoods as well. It's just, I don't I don't understand how that, makes it go away to just kind of delete them from existence and that's it we'll never hear from them again so i have a lot of respect for them as people they're good people and uh again when it comes down to how they feel about looking back on the situation that's not up to me to comment on what the hell is he talking about they're not directly complicit you know what they're complicit in the future sexual assaults of boys in houghton michigan and allowing this sort of thing to, to continue without being checked, without reporting it to HR. I, I, I can't stand that clip from Jonathan Taves. It's selfish. It's protecting his own legacy. This like cancel culture type claim, which doesn't seem founded in, in trying to do the right thing. I, I just, I've got no time for anything he just said there. And I think there's going to be quite the backlash to that. Um, I, I, th- this guy seems lost. I can't argue with a word you said. I can't. Uh, I, I, for the life of me, I don't understand why he would even bring Stan's name up and talk about... He's worried about his own legacy. And friendship. He doesn't need legacy. to have to worry about it. It, uh, it speaks for itself. He didn't have to say one word. And I'm not saying that he didn't have to say one word about this. He just didn't even have to go down that path. Right. Because all your basically saying is Stan looked after me and nobody wants to hear that right now. Jonathan, exactly what he said. Nobody. I, I, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't like they're good people. Not now. Not, not now. The case, not the time for sure. I just, uh, I don't think Jonathan gave it much thought to go up and, and talk. I that think, was really I selfish. I think what needed to happen was a a formal press release. He needed to really choose his words carefully, and that's when you lean on people around you, your agent, uh, PR firm, uh, someone that uh, crisis management team, mm-hmm. and and go out there and make sure you hit the right notes and. Jonathan did everything but that. I, and I ahead, honestly yeah. don't think 
if you got a the, what's the opposite of a PR person? The person that wants to create bad PR for you or bad, like that is what they would tell him to say. What he said in the media yesterday was so bad and like you said, selfish. He couldn't have said anything worse. He honestly, it was the worst possible thing he could have said. What's, like, do you what's not have crazy, a conscience? What's crazy about the whole thing is like, we had a talk prior to the show there. We're talking about the player's angle. Like there is, there was a way for him to, to say helpful things and move uh, you, you know, make this a productive experience for the Blackhawks, for himself, for Kyle Beach, for, you know, future victims and survivors and, and all that. And, and it just, I, I don't understand. You know, we had the, the chat kipper of like, you know, what did he know? <clears throat> and depending on that, what were his responsibilities? And, you know, they, I, I would say that our, our chat about it was a little bit, little more lenient on Taves than at the time. Then you hear him talk like that. And it's just like he, he hasn't learned his lesson. He doesn't get it. He's missing, he's missing the whole picture here, isn't he? And it's, it's going to be hard. And ultimately we know where uh, public perception is. It's really going to come down to what you believe, right? It's like, OJ was guilty. No, OJ was innocent. And that's where you're left. And that's where we're going to be left on this situation with the players. Mm -hmm. And unless there's different evidence or a new investigation, we'll be, we'll be left with what did Joel Quenville really know? Yeah. We'll never get satisfaction there. I, 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 Unless there's new evidence, unless there's emails, unless there's a trail somewhere, I think we're stuck with the Chicago Blackhawks 107-page investigation. Is that all that's going to be left here for everyone now to play judge and jury? This is a, a defining moment, I would say, for and Gary Bettman. Where, you know, and, and yes... I agree with you 100%. And this is not clear-cut for Gary Bettman and the league. I will tell you that right now, that it may not look like Jonathan Taves gave much thought about going up there and, and just saying whatever he thought off the top of his head. But I bet you Joel Quenville right now is meeting with Gary Bettman and there might be a lawyer or two in there. There might be already a team, uh, a PR team, a uh, crisis management team. Like, and if Joel is going down and he really believes what he's saying, yeah. I don't think Joel goes quietly here. No. No, I don't. And, you know... There's lawsuits, counters. There's there's a lot of different ways. I think Joel can also play this, but he better honestly believe what he says to carry this through. Uh, but this, again, maybe just the beginning or maybe Joel can look at it from 30,000 feet above and say, all right, I'll just step down. I'll just go quietly, but I didn't get the sense from his press conference when he spoke of it to make the statement about meeting with Gary Bettman that he was wavering on anything that he's already said. You know, of course, 
you would like for there to be a way that he did nothing wrong here. Who wouldn't? The Blackhawks fans would. You know, you would love for that scenario to exist somehow. I don't see that there is one. If the NHL says to the Panthers, you know, this guy's in trouble or this guy, you know, we're, you know, we, we find him guilty of whatever the accusations are here. Is there any world where he can stay in Florida and Florida's like, we believe him, so, so we're keeping him? Or does the NHL have that kind of sway to be like, you know, it doesn't matter, he's out? I don't, I, I have no idea yeah. in terms of what you're willing, you know, to put up with. And I don't know, does, does the chance you knew follow Joel Quenville the rest of his career on the road if he does remain a head coach in the National Hockey League? I don't know. Don't know. No answers. But there's uh, a lot of, you know, Kane spoke on it and Keith. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? There is a lot of covering your own ass. That's fair. And I think. Uh, Not fair to do, but fair that that's what's happening. You know, and, and Kyle Beach also uh, mentioned uh, going to the National Hockey League Player Association. They put out a statement, I think, just before midnight. Uh, talking amongst other things that Mr. Beach stated that several months after the incident, so we assume this might be late December, early January, he told someone at the NHLPA the details of what happened to him. He is referring to one of the pro one of the program doctors with the NHL NHLPA player assistance program. While it's confidential between the players and the doctors, the grave nature of this incident should have resulted in further action on our part. The fact that it it did not was a serious failure. Donald Fair goes on to say, I'm truly sorry and I'm committed to making changes to ensure that this does not happen again. That was the press release from the National Hockey League Players Association. So we do know that the co-director of the NHL, NHLPA, Substance, abu- uh, substance Abuse and Behavioral Health Program is Dr. Brian Shaw. And we assume that this falls under him. Mm-hmm. So I've known Dr. Shaw for a long time, always upstanding, outstanding in terms yeah. of uh, I've heard nothing but his, great things. His, his, uh, his care for the players. It is confidential, so whatever was maybe spoken between Beach and the program, I don't think Donald would have had any more information on that than he has in dozens of of cases that have also Just gone take the information, the refer them to the people, and it is so confidential. Get out of the way. It is so yeah. confidential. I I would only assume that uh, Dr. Shaw's program and the clients are really the only ones that really know. So no uh, repercussions for Donald Fair in this case. Just I it it sounds to me like this is strictly uh, the NHLPA acknowledging that uh, the program had failed. Had failed. Well, um, you know, I, I as statements go, they said the right things. They apologized, uh, committed to making changes to make it you know so it doesn't happen again. I don't know what else. I just don't know what people knew, right? And it's tough to speculate there. 
All right, we're going to stay on top of uh, this story because it doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. Also on the program, I searched high and low. <laughs> Doug McLean. Remember that name? Oh, very well. I still haven't broken the news to him that uh, I, I traded him in for a younger, better looking. I feel like a second wife. Co-host. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll find out uh, real soon how he feels about that. All so right. he'll, he'll join us. At, awkward. I, I'm sure he'll have uh, a, a, an interesting perspective from an executive point of view on, on what's happening in Chicago. Of course, he's going to give us his leaf impressions as well. So we'll get to Doug. Brad May, also longtime National Hockey Leaguer, over 1,000 games, including uh, a few with the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll get his feel on the start to the early season. Could use a few more Brad May attitudes. <laughs> on the current Toronto Maple Leafs? Although, did... Pierre did, Engvall got mad last night. Did, he's almost Brad May. Did we see a little bit of that? First of all, Sammy... A win's a win is a win. <laughs> Can we just start there for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Okay. Yes. But On I will say notes. that the <laughs> boy, the goalposts have moved for the Leafs. You know? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> like I'm sitting there. Hold on, hold on. Uh, it's not even November. And I'm sitting there sweating out a game against the worst team in the league. Get a point. Get a point. A, a point. They got. <laughs> they got a point. Yeah, and now two. they got two, yeah. right? That's what happened when you saw the tying goal. Okay, just get the point. Hang on. Just get a point. Get, the the NHL point. is really disincentivized competitive hockey, haven't they? Like, both teams are just like, let's just play for OT, boys. Keep her in the neutral zone here. Play keep away. Okay, so uh, if, if the goalposts have, have moved, how far back has, have they moved? And where where is the starting point? Is as we can break down that game, is was there enough still for us to say hey, it's a start? It's just a start. That's yeah. that's how low they were. That I can actually pull some positives out of this game and forget that Chicago's the worst team in the league for a second. There were still some signs of a heartbeat mm -hmm. for Sammy. And I, for one, say that's a good thing. It is. It's a wonderful thing. What's up, Sammy? Well, no, I just, like, I think you could see it in the guys, you know, you saw the bench reaction. Sheldon Did you Ke see Joy? Sheldon Keefe put his finger in the air like he was Joe Namath and, like, big fist pump. I don't know which one of them. Maybe uh, Kip's boy, Carberry. I don't know. He grabbed him by the arm, gave him a huge handshake, runs down the tunnel. The boys needed that one. They needed that one bad. And they you did. just get the sense of all the guys talking after the game and everything that they really, really needed that well, one. Well, they needed something. And apparently being down 2 nothing in the first period was enough for Willie Nylander to say this. Yeah, time to wake up. Like, enough, like, sorry, but feeling sorry for ourselves. Like, nobody's going to get us out of this. It's it's only the guys in the locker room. We just got to, I mean, we're not playing to where we uh, we can play. And, I mean, that's what was just being said, that we needed to up the battle. And, I mean, that's the only way we're going to get out of this uh, slow start. What did I tell you guys, boy? Boys, it's always us against the world. That's it. Yeah. No one's getting us out of this gotta except us that. in the room. 
Yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad they had a little come to Jesus moment there in Chicago. Um, you know, it's, it is interesting that you know, they, they mentioned that Spezza, you know, stepped up and talked a lot and they, they kind of got on one another and found this moment. I think it can be a pivotal term turning point. I saw two things. I really like Kipper. I saw a line of Marner and Tavares that were dangerous and making plays and connecting that to me looked like, okay, if you have the foundation of the team, which is a lead offense, uh, you can be the team you think you are. The other part was, I think a lot a lot of the support players when they got here, they're like, all right, they got these big four guys. They take care of the offense. I just have to tread water. You know, Kampf was playing last night, and Kasha looked good. And you know, some of the support guys are kind of realizing, God, if we're going to win games, we got to play too. So bringing those guys along a little bit, that was encouraging too. The Leafs even, as you mentioned, doubled their scrum quota. <laughs> two in a game. <laughs> you, you like that part, did you? Yes. Yeah. And drawing a penalty and just pulling out a little bit something different, a different look. And I also like Matthew's look of disgust down the bench. Finally, someone didn't hug somebody. Yeah. Finally, someone didn't pat somebody on the back and say, it's still part of the process. No. It was get your ass going. Hey, go get the hockey puck, Justin. <laughs> Too slow. <laughs> I mean, he was right on both both accounts. You know, Hall backing off and playing conservative on a puck he could have got to and then just kind of dilly-dallying at the blue blue line. I couldn't help but think of Mike Babcock last night and the, the way they he always wanted to play fast and just north-south, right up the ice, get it in, get after it. Like, the Leafs are dying without some of that. And, and you know, we've talked about them looking slow. They didn't look so slow in the second half of the game last night. I, th- I thought they took it over and uh, found a little bit of pace uh, to their game. A, a little better. A little better. A little better. Now, Sam, can I can I rain on your parade just a little bit? Absolutely. Okay. Yes, Kim. Okay. <laughs> I don't care what was said between the first and the second. If Jack Campbell doesn't play like Jack Campbell, right. they lose to the worst team in the league. And that game doesn't even come down to the last six minutes. That's how good Jack was again last night. And they are giving up still quality chances, grade A chances. That has got to stop. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about uh, the specifics of the chance stuff. We got that uh, scheduled at the end of the day. I'm going to go to that. The, the, the slow part, which leads to that kipper. How about the amount of things that we've had about them being slow that leads to Jack Campbell having to be unbelievable? Ralphie comes on our show and says they're slow. Jim Ralph says the team looks slow. The odd man rushes, and, and you know they're getting odd man rushed every time they turn around so far this season. How insane is this? You think of the, the Toronto Maple Leafs as a fast team? Getting In the last five games, the odd man rushes have been 32 for their opponent and 18 for them. So Jack Campbell has to be this guy or they get buried and that's got to change right that's a major failing for this team again they look better but it's still an issue that Campbell has to be that good because of the rushes and and that is a huge concern and that is those are real numbers right there and that is a big part of that identity that the Leafs have had over the years that they were this great rush team when they were coming over the red line they put teams on their heels Mm -hmm. and now it's the opposite 
Well, Muzzin and Hall are a big part of that, are they not? Like, the, those guys often got the puck out of the D zone and into the hands of their elite forwards, and right now it just doesn't look like they can do it. They were never gazelles to begin with. No, but, but they it, move the puck all right. They can move the puck, and there's something to be said about just being positionally sound. And I've said this from day one. I, I watched some of the pinches, and, like, I, would, I wouldn't allow Hall to... Go past the blue line, the far blue line. No. No, I told you I would have one of those. Well, he doesn't score one, down there. One, he doesn't even I'd create ha- anything. I'd so ha- what's the point? I'd have one of those collars around his neck. <laughs> you know, the ones that uh, allow people to not have fences for their pets. The old shock collar. And just zap it every time he even thinks about crossing the offensive zone blue line. He can skate the puck like up through the neutral zone, but at that point he needs to either decide to give it to someone else, dump it in, do something with it. <laughs> See that? I, I'm getting it ready for Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. He does, though. I, I, I'm i with you. They are a big problem right now. Like, the the team was built on those guys being their D pair, and it just doesn't feel... And it's it's not like you have a lot of options here. No. You're going you're gonna to put uh, Riley with one of them? I guess. I guess that's your only option. I don't see a world where you shuffle pairs because you have to go Muzzin Brody at that point, which they're great defensively and all that. But then Riley Hall, what is that pair? What are they going to do? So the speed thing in that pair, I think it can come around. It's early in the season, right? Like a little bit of a slow start. I don't think we need to write off just Jake Muzzin and Justin Hall, but boy, the sample's getting pretty good where they look like a little bit of a weak link on a very good team. Well, hold on now on a good and, team. And we can also... Oh, very. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pull that back a bit. And Sammy, we can, you know, be a little tough on Tavares every once in a while, but that backhand was all world class. Oh, baby. I mean, the, that's I, an $11 million backhand. I grew up not? with, I grew up with Matt Sundin, uh, Sid guys on the backhand. That's my favorite way that guys play. And when he caught that pass from Marner, which was a great feed, by the way, he turned those hips and just fired that thing. Top corner. If I give, me, if I, made me feel some kind of way, boys. If I give you a bucket of pucks, no one on the ice and a shooter tutor, how many backhands does L- it take you to put it there? Listen, I'm not going to toot my own horn here. Oh, you got one? You got a I got a backhand. Yeah, oh, got a backhand. Okay, like okay. I said, I grew I up... I assumed. I, I, I grew up watching Matt Sundin. So it's pretty much my own... Any beer league guy I've ever played with would say his only skill is backhand. So there you go. <laughs> All right. What a weird do, skill to have. Do we have a stick anywhere here? We do. We need to get this I'll on bring video. It. I'll bring it. I'll that, show you that, guys the backhand. That's the evolution of the show at some point, where we have something here where, when we're on camera and can, can test Sammy at things and ourselves. Did, uh, did Matthews show you a side that you'd you'd want to see a little bit more of because for me it was it's always he's so talented and we know he's one of the best goal scorers in the world but just that competitiveness nah even i'll call it pissed off f you yeah more yeah more i liked it yeah i like that too i thought his line was not good I thought Bunting, Matthews, and, and Elander were kind of all over each other, turning pucks over. I didn't think they were great. I loved the Tavares-Marner line, but I didn't think they – not that I don't think they can be a good line. They just didn't have it last night, but Matthews cared. And that matters. And I, I'm not saying he doesn't usually, but he was visible that he can feel his, like, season slipping away from this group, and he that game mattered to him, and that's important. If it, It's got to feel to the point where it's – if I'm going to go down, go down my way. Right, just don't yeah. go down happily or just quietly. Maybe that's a better word, quietly. But just go down that way 
And I think it did rub the team in, in the right way. They needed something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at times it can be accused of, you know, showing up your teammate or pointing a finger. You can't do it every night. I mean, you can't go to it every night. But I thought it was really appropriate of Austin Matthews to, to kickstart. Yeah. And on that offside, that uh, Hall was just meandering through the neutral zone. <laughs> and I noticed it live. I was like, what are you doing there? And then they zoomed in with Stewie, who did a great breakdown of how Matthews was feeling in the first intermission. And they showed Matthews, and he immediately head in the rafters sour about that. So it is he was fu- fired up last night. It is funny how you can look at those things and interpret them as like, oh, this guy is selfish and showing people up. That, that didn't feel like the case last night. It looked like a guy, you know, obviously the way he celebrated, he's yelling at a fan after. Like, this was big. This was big for this uh, Toronto Maple Leafs team at overcoming some adversity, right? They're losing streak, losing on the road. They find their way through. Uh, outplay Chicago in the second half of that thing and and hopefully can start some positive momentum. If if they're going to need Jack Campbell like that the rest of the season, is there anything going to be left of this guy by February? Is Mrazek back yet? It's got to be healthy soon, doesn't he? He's on the ice. I think he was saying that he's getting close to playing here soon. So that's good. No, you're not wrong though, Kipper. Or, or, Or he's been dying for this. You know, his body's been looking for a chance to be in frequent use. I don't know. Some of these guys respond differently. They're going to find out anyway. And the other thing that stood out for me, like Seth Jones, game-winning goal. You shoot it around the wall. That was pretty poor. And you turn the other way. You took the long way back to try to cost. you're the defenseman. Willie, you know, like <laughs> uh, if if that's what your analytics can show, yeah, on how it's a Corsi event. It was he got a plus for that. That's unbelievable. I just he, yeah, I, I thought I thought he he was better than that. How many times, by the way, do you have the audacity in your career to go backhand five hole like Willie on a breakaway like that? I don't think I ever tried that in my entire life. Oh. That is the ultimate confidence move. I used to call that the sleeper. <laughs> yeah, like oh, yeah. I was, <laughs> just rocking I, I him was, to sleep I, out there. I was good at the sleeper. They're 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 ready to pull that leg right out to the left side, yeah. and you just tuck it right down the middle. I just I used to get I could never bring myself to do it because if it doesn't go in, it looks like a oh. half ass attempt. The pretentious dangle. I just used to drive Glenn Healy nuts. Oh, Sammy wants him to just wind up with a Robert Reichel clapper no. every breakaway. <laughs> Listen, I said to you guys in our pre-show meeting, low st- low blocker snapper with full speed, backhand top corn full speed. I think Works every time. Your dream character, you're Zach Hyman. There's no deception, zero fakes, just like, I'm going to put this on net. Snap. How many snappers are getting at the fish market? <laughs> Red Lobster, Jack Campbell.